Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church on this rather blustery winter day. Um, just going to throw it out there, I didn't ask for this as much as I like snow in the winter, uh, so you can't, can't get mad at me for this one. Um, although someone said it's supposed to be like 50 tomorrow, which then means it'll be 5 or oh, 60 tomorrow. And then somewhere in there we'll get like a two, because it's the Midwest. Um, it's the second Sunday of Lent, um, and I am going to turn things over to our liturgist, who's going to tell you a bunch of stuff that's going on. And I got a bunch of stuff. Um, some of the announcements are in your bulletin. Some of them aren't yet. They'll be back in there next week. Um, for Easter week... Holy Week, Maundy Thursday service will be here, uh, 7 o'clock. We're not sure about our uh, Good Friday service yet. We've got some ideas in the works, and hopefully we will firm those up this week and let you know next week. We will have two services Easter morning. We are going to do a sunrise contemporary service hosted by me. Um, And then... Breakfast afterwards at 9.30, and then our traditional service at 11 o'clock. 8.30 is a contemporary uh, sunrise service. Not quite sunrise, but I don't think you want to see me at sunrise. Uh, We started our donations for Ukraine this morning. There's a big jar in the back. We will keep that going for about five weeks, and then Easter Sunday we will bless it and send it off. The ad board decided we would send it to UMCOR and let them send it on with the rest of the collections that they are doing. Um, Easter plants, if you're going to purchase an Easter plant for the altar, we have to have those orders in by the end of this month, the 28th of March. Easter candy, we're still collecting till April 3rd. Uh, Greeters. Shirley and Richard have been doing an awesome job of greeting every week, but we'd like some other folks to, if you could, just give us one week a month to be the greeter so that they don't find themselves here every week doing that. Swiss steak dinner, we have signs. If you traditionally take a sign for your yard, please see Linda and pick up a Swiss steak dinner sign on the way out today. Also, if you have not signed up with me, I still have a few slots where we could use some help. I mentioned last week that the Ad Board and Finance Committee had had a meeting, and we were all excited about generosity practices. Well, the Ad Board decided um, Thursday night that we would like to create a generosity group As you remember, back a few years, two to three years, we had a meeting thinking we were going to have to close the doors because we weren't sure we were going to be able to make our payments. We decided to do some heavy-duty fundraising, and we did, and we kept the doors open, praise the Lord, through all your efforts. Um, However, not that we're sailing really good, but we're in a good spot. And we've decided now that our fundraising efforts are going to also be mission efforts. So the little slip of paper that you got this morning, we're going to try to earmark a little bit of money every time we do a fundraiser 
to donate to somebody else. We want you to help us decide what charities we donate to. They can be local charities or they can be national charities. It doesn't matter. We just ask you to write down your name, what charity you would like us to honor, and why. Uh, for instance, my father died of multiple systems atrophy, which is MSA. So that would be a char national charity that's near and dear to my heart. So just an example. Um, the next thing is church has left the building. Not yet, but we're going to. May 1st, and we're going to try this a couple times a year maybe, instead of having worship service, we're going to go out into the community. And we're going to spend ten, two hours out in the community, and we're going to start with our own seniors. And we'll get the forms and everything ready for you. But if you are someone that could use some help around the house, you let us know what job you would like us to come do. And for two hours that morning, we're going to come out in the community and help our parishioners with whatever jobs they need. Sure. Uh, we can probably do windows if they're on the first level. Um, and then we'll come back here and have pizza for lunch afterwards. So we're calling that, it is a Sunday, we're calling that church has left the building because we're going to take our church through us out and bless other folks in the community. We also made a decision Thursday night, we were busy. Um, we're going to have coffee hour again, starting today. There are goodies for after worship, and Linda's got a sign-up clipboard if you would, we're going to pass it around, and if maybe you and the people next to you can decide to do something small, it doesn't have to be elaborate, some store-bought cookies and coffee, that's enough. Just an opportunity for us to fellowship together. Um, I think that's it. There's somebody behind you. Uh, just a reminder of the family dinner and fun night, which is going to be on the 30th. Um, we want the church to participate, too. Don't think that, you know, just because we're doing this for the community that we don't want, you know, our family there, too. So if you would like to come and want to come, we hope you will come because we want this to be an opportunity for people in the community to see what a wonderful congregation we have. So uh, I'm in inviting any and all the congregation that would like to come that night to please join us. So we're going to have uh, um, Sloppy Joe dinner. We're going to have some, some games. Kelly is going to do a reading for the young kids. Linda's going to do an activity for the older kids. Uh, we're going to have shuffleboard. You know, we're going to have uh, giant Yahtzee. We're going to have some fun things to do. So please come and join us on the 30th. Wait, are you going to be playing shuffleboard? I'm not going to be the dip, no. No, are you going to play? That's not fair. He was on a cruise. He's had practice. No, I was sitting on the sun deck. <laughs> All right. Just One saying. other announcement I forgot to make is Catherine Cobb is trying to do a wall of amazing women. I think that is listed in your bulletin. So there's a website there to try to uh, empower their women who come to the shelter uh, with stories of other amazing women. Thank you.
please join me for the call to worship and stand if you are able. The psalmist sings. One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after. To live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in God's temple. Sisters and brothers, God is good. And in love, mercy greets us here. Our first hymn is page 269, Lord, who throughout these 40 days. join me in our opening prayer. Holy One, our light and salvation, we call out to you, sometimes afraid of the adversaries in our life. Shelter us in days of trouble. Lead us on level paths. Open us this day to your grace and peace. Transform our frustrations into simple and good enough moments that fill our day. Amen. You may be seated. Even Jesus got, got dang frustrated when folks didn't behave as he would have liked. We probably aren't receiving death threats from Herod as Jesus was, but our well-being could be threatened by the idea that if we just try hard enough, are nice enough, say just the right thing, Life will always go our way. 
We run around in so many directions trying to herd the chicks into some imagined semblance of perfect formation. Have you ever tried to herd chicks? What if we could let go of needing all things and all people to be just so, and instead learn to dance with the unfolding of that which is not ours to control? Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Hear this compassionate word from the psalmist. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Know that already God is offering us freedom from feeling alone in fixing what feels oh so wrong with this world, inviting us to let go of the need to be God so that we might recognize that God is with us offering courage in difficulty, and know that despite our sometimes faltering steps, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are being forgiven even now. Christ has given his life for us. Let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God. Please rise as you are able and join in our doxology.
Oh God, we have beheld your goodness to us. Accept the offering of the work of our hands and use us for the sake of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 127, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. may be seated. It is time for our youth moments. I'd like to invite our youth and children to come grab a chair, and I will meet you down there. Okay. Good morning. You guys awake? No. You sound like how I felt when I woke up this morning. I have a problem this morning. Can I tell you guys about it? So I woke up this morning. I was getting ready for church, getting dressed, and went to the kitchen. I realized something. I was out of coffee. I almost cried. I love coffee. 
It, it helps wake me up and gives me some extra energy to get through the day. But, but instead of finding this, which is what I, what I wanted to find, instead, I found this. It was empty. Do you have any ideas of, of what I could have done? Go shopping and, and, and buy more, yeah? What, what else could I maybe have done? What do you think? Go back to bed? Could I have just gone back to bed? Yeah, he's on board with that, okay. Um, could I have had, hmm, what else could I have done? So the thing in coffee that helps wake me up and give me energy is called caffeine. You, you may have heard an adult use that word before. Um, and caffeine shows up in some other, other drinks that adults and some kids like, um, like Diet Coke. Could I have maybe had a Diet Coke? See, she said no, and she's right, because those belong to Miss Sarah. So... Yes, what were you going to say, Josh? Sounds like your dad could have used some coffee. Yeah, I bet you guys were a handful. So, <clears throat> so those were some, some good ideas maybe of, of what I could have done. Um, you know, one of the most awesome gifts that God gives us is creativity and, and the ability to problem solve and, and best of all, to adapt do you know what it means to adapt? Have you heard someone say that word before? No? So to adapt is when, when, when we can't control what's happening, like, say, the weather, of course, or we realize we forgot to buy more coffee. When we adapt, it, we, we do something a little different to try and, and work through that problem. Okay, um, and when we do that, we have the choice to, to let go of what our expectations might be or what is supposed to be happening. So like today, some of you guys might have wanted to, to go play in the sunshine, but we don't have any right now, do we? We have snow. So... Well, that, that's how we can adapt. We could go and put on our snow pants and coats and boots, and we could go play in the snow. So that's one way that we can adapt. Hmm? Okay. Um, so, there are going to be times in life that things don't go the way we think they should or that we expect them to. But God gave us our brains, and we can think creative, and we can come up with 
with solutions to problems and we can adapt. Does that sound pretty good? Yeah? All right. I need your help with a couple things. We actually have a list of stuff we got to do. The first is I want you to uh, do our repeat after me prayer. So I'm going to say something and you're going to repeat it. Okay? Can you guys help me with that? All right, here we go. I look at you. I look at me. I celebrate what I see. Because God made all the smooth and rough. No matter what, you're good enough. Okay, so now the next thing is it's Noisy Coin Collection Sunday. I need some help. Who can go around and help collect the noisy coins? Can, can we go in pairs? Can you two work together and you two work together? And then we've got... Here, come here. Can you go put this in that bucket? Okay, go get her. And can you go put these in that bucket? Go ahead, go ahead. He'll catch up to you. Logan. Logan. Anyone? Anyone? Can you go up there? I think they've got some up by the choir. Where'd the bucket go? Ah, there's the bucket. Okay. Thank you. That is getting heavy. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness, that is heavy. All right. Now, we got to do the Lord's Prayer. Can you guys do that with me and the whole congregation? You ready? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys did such an awesome job. Go grab a sucker and then head off to Sunday school. Pam, do you want the buckets here or up there? What's your preference? Okay, I'll leave them here so you don't have to. And as our children head off to Sunday school, I want to invite the adults to also notice this week when we get frustrated because we can't control things or people. And think about how we use our ability to respond and adapt, which is the only thing actually in our control to do. In this way, let this children's time lead us. If you would turn in your bulletins to our, our prayer requests, we are lifting up prayers for Rachel, um, Carol's daughter. We are continuing to pray for Jeff, um, who's having problems with his knee and is in need of healing. We are continuing to pray for the uh, Darren and Linda Miller and their family. Um, we also want to continue to pray for Jean, Linda, and Lori. Um, they are friends of Phyllis's who are all fighting cancer and also in need of healing prayers. We are praying for Heather Van Sickle and her family. Her husband passed away very suddenly. We are asking for prayers of comfort and peace for all of them. We are asking for prayers for Barry, Sandy's neighbor, who is battling cancer. We, of course, are continuing to lift up prayers for the Ukraine and the people of Russia for peace and God's protection and hopefully a quick and peaceful end to what is going on. We also want to lift up uh, Sonia Spencer, David's mom, who is having a spinal procedure on Wednesday. Uh, Chrissy Hayes, um, she has just quit alcohol and tobacco. Every day is a struggle, so prayers for, for strength and comfort and peace for her. That is a, a challenging journey. And prayers for Marianne, uh, excuse me, there. Excuse me. Um, who is recovering from a stroke? Do we have any other uh, prayers we'd like to lift up? We have a microphone we can bring to you. I'd like to ask for prayers for my former coworker Paul W. Smith at WJR. His mother passed away a week ago, Saturday, at the age of 96 after a couple falls and, and injuring herself. Do we have any others? 
sister, Nancy, who was in the hospital with pneumonia after a fall? Thank you. Any others? Okay. If you would please join me then in an attitude of prayer. This morning I'd like to ask you, when you hear me say, let us pray to the Lord, I would like you to respond, Lord, have mercy. So in peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, for the church throughout the world, that all who bear the name of Christ may find true repentance for their sins and walk in the ways of peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, wherever there is poverty, war, or oppression of human spirit, that all people may repent of the evil they do to one another, let us pray to the Lord. For the planet Earth, God's gift to humankind, that we repent of selfish or thoughtless exploitation and tend it with care so that all may share justly in its bounty, let us pray to the Lord. For the leaders of the nations, that they may work for the common good of all people and repent of arrogant nationalism, let us pray to the Lord. For our enemies, that we may learn to love them with regard for God's compassion, forgiving wrongs and seeking reconciliation, let us pray to the Lord. For those who are sick or in trouble, for the defenseless, the weak, and the poor, that they may find help in their time of need, and that the church may heed their cry, let us pray to the Lord. Loving God, hear these prayers, as well as those we keep quietly in our hearts and minds, the prayers of your people for the sake of our world. With our prayers, accept the dedication of our lives, that we may minister to the world in the name of Jesus, through whom we pray. Amen. And if you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Holy One, our light and salvation, we call out to you, sometimes afraid of the adversaries in life, shelter us in days of trouble, lead us on level paths, Open us this day to your grace and peace. Transform our frustrations into simple and good enough moments that fill our days. Amen. And now it is time for our choir.
So nice to have the addition of the choir back. Our first scripture reading this morning is Philippians 3, verses 17 through 4-1. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. A word, the word of God for the people, oh, excuse me, a word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. And our next hymn is page 297, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. may be seated. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. This section of text is headed, The Lament Over Jerusalem. 
at that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. A word of God that is still speaking, and you say, Thanks be to God. Please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. Wondrous God, creator of all things, we come humbled before you today. We are often so sure of ourselves, our place in the world and creation, of our influence, so much so that we forget who really is in control, you. We know deep down that there is so much that is out of our control, so much we cannot affect or influence, and yet we continue to pretend that we do and can. Help us to let go to accept the things that are beyond our control, and to instead focus on energies, on the things we can, like how we share your love and grace with the world. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all. I pray that you are having a good day and that you have been enjoying our Lent series good enough and or are getting something good from it. As I pointed out last week, and as many of you already know, we began the series on Ash Wednesday and focusing on humanity, our humanity, where perfection is impossible but transformation is not. We talked about sometimes we try to live up to some impossible standard or way of life when the truth is that we are good enough just as we are for God's love and grace. Society may have have unrealistic or unreachable ideas of what our lives should look like and be, But that doesn't mean that our lives are somehow less than or that God will ever give up on us. We also acknowledge that it's a bit ironic that as people of faith, we sometimes seem to forget about God's grace and that it doesn't require us to be perfect. And yet, when our lives seem to go off the rails, we still find ourselves believing that we are the problem. Now, last week, the first Sunday in Lent, we focused on another reading from Luke's Gospel and the concept that ordinary lives can be holy. And then we talked about how in reality, when we really think about it, all that we we have is the ordinary stuff of life to point towards 
the divine presence. All we have is our ordinary lives to give witness to the sacramental nature of God's action here and now. This morning, we're going to be talking about something that I know can be very, very challenging and can be a very disruptive topic for many people. No, we're not talking about money. And we're not talking about which is better, Star Wars or Star Trek, or even whom we should be cheering for, the University of Michigan or Michigan State. Now, I want to talk about something much, much more serious. Today, I want to talk about our lives and who is really in control. And I know that that can be can be challenging and disruptive because the very thought that we ourselves are not fully in control of every aspect of our lives, well, that can be maddening, troubling, and it can just bring up insecurities and fears, maybe some we didn't even know we had. Let me ask you this. Have any of you ever tried to train a cat to do something. Okay. It's not an easy task. Cats tend to do what they want, when they want. They don't really seem to care what you think, and in some cases, they don't really seem to care that you exist unless it's dinner time. You know what else is really frustrating? When the Cubs take over a hundred years to win a World Series, and of course, it's after you've moved out of the state of Illinois and the Chicagoland area. I don't watch the games that I have a particular team I want to win because when I do, they lose. At least, though, I can say I was there when the Blackhawks won two of their three most recent Stanley Cups. Not really holding my breath for the Bears. The Bulls might do something soon, but I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm still living off the joy of the Jordan years and dynasty. You know what else could be maddening at times? When I worked in downtown Chicago and I would drive in, from the suburbs instead of taking the train like a normal insane person would, if it even looked like it might rain or snow, suddenly everybody forgot how to drive. And it's not like the I-290 is, is really that scenic of a drive, or really a crawl. I don't miss that part of my previous lifestyle. Many of you have probably heard me say this, but the worst thing I have to deal with now in regards to a traffic jam is when a combine is switching from one field to another. And, you know, I don't mind. They can go as fast or as slow as they want. Something that much bigger than me and my car? Mm -mm. Take your time. Go. Not going to let that get to me. But it can get very frustrating when when things happen that are out of our control or, or maybe not how we expect it, especially when they interfere with, with our plans or our expectations. Even Jesus got frustrated 
when people didn't behave as he would have liked them to. Let's go back to something he says in that reading in Luke's gospel. He cries out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You can literally hear the frustration in his words. And let's be honest, this isn't the first time that Jesus or God would be frustrated with the people of Israel. How many times did the Israelites disobey God and go against the covenant while wandering in the desert? I can only imagine God banging God's head against a wall or Jesus face-palming in frustration. And as I said before, even though we have not received death threats like Jesus did from Herod, again, our well-being could still be threatened by that idea that if we try just hard enough, are, are nice enough, just say the right things, that life is always going to go our way. The truth is that we run around in so many directions trying to herd the chicks, as Jesus would say, or maybe herd the cats, as I alluded to earlier. But trying to herd those chicks into some imagined assemblance of perfect formation. Because, you know, that's easy, that's no problem. The chicks or the cats, they're going to stay right where you put them, right? They're not going to wander off. But what if? What if we could let go of needing all things and all people to be just so? And what if instead we could learn to dance with the unfolding of that which is not ours to control? Now, as I said that last part, I know I heard a few brains popping and sizzling as the people who like to plan and be prepared just felt an overload in their heads, myself included. Let go? Stop trying to make everything so perfect? Yeah, right. Okay there, Pastor Crazy. I'm just going to let go and dance around while everything else goes to pieces. Like that's ever going to happen. I can't let go. I don't have time to dance. I need to make sure everything is, is lined up just right, so, so perfect, and, and not for me, but for my, my family, my children, for all the people who depend on me. It all needs to be perfect. Did I get that about right? Is that something close to what some of you just said in your own head just now? Hopefully without some four-letter words pointed directly at yours truly. But don't worry. I have that same internal conversation more times than I can count. As a pastor, I'm supposed to take my Sabbath day every week. Do you know how often I actually do? 
It's much less, less often than I really would care to admit. Because I want everything to be perfect for all of you. I want each worship service, every funeral, every baptism, and so on, to go so perfectly that everyone involved gets something meaningful from it, is able to hold on to some lasting memories or a piece of truth or knowledge, something to help you in your journey, in your faith, and in this life. Our human propensity for control is perhaps one of the most frustrating aspects of our human brains. What we desire, our, our longing for particular outcomes, can often keep us driven to exhaustion and distraction. Yes, it is true that so much of life's circumstances are out of our control, whether we, we want to or are able to admit that or not. Jesus knows that he can only bring the message and he is called to do that even in the face of danger. But he also knows he cannot make the people accept the message. And this he knows to his own frustration. If you have the opportunity and are looking for another book to read, the author of our series here, Kate, she has a book titled, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lives I Have Loved. And I recommend this because you will see in that book, as she writes, we try all kinds of theological backflips to reason our way out of this, this discomfort that we feel about suffering and control. So if we're not in control of everything... Well, then surely God is in control of every little single thing, right? Yeah, well, that thought process doesn't always work so well either. That logic doesn't hold up alongside a theology of a compassionate, grace-filled God. Because then it puts all things that happen in our lives as God's intentions, including the bad or the hurtful or challenging things. Because then that puts every bad thing that happens in your life as God's direction. That doesn't go with the idea of a compassionate, loving God. The psycho-spiritual fallout from this, if I do good, then good things will happen, control thinking... It deems some people failures simply by virtue of the tragedies that happen to them. This is why the prosperity gospel makes me so angry. To essentially tell people that they will be more blessed by God if they give more money to your church, again, I'm not talking about us here, but give more money to a specific organization that in reality does little to no outreach sends a very disturbing message to people who have little to no money. That is the message of many televangelists, and it blatantly ignores the message that Jesus gives in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, in the section titled, The Widow's Offering. I don't know about all of you, but I know plenty of good and righteous and loving people 
who have suffered in their lives way more than people with fewer morals and good intentions. So instead, what if we could adjust our understanding of divine presence as a dance partner who is there improvising alongside us no matter where the dance takes us? Again, I know that idea terrifies some of us. Dances are supposed to be coordinated. They're not all willy-nilly and crazy. What are you thinking? Well, I'll tell you exactly what I'm thinking. Our dance partner is God, and the dance is what we call life. We are called to trust God, and that, that can be hard. That can be very hard. It goes against some of our basic human instincts, in a way. When we do it, unexpected things can happen. Do you really think, almost 10 years ago now, well, no, a little bit longer than that, do you really think I was expecting to be here as a pastor in Michigan? God had been pestering and poking me for years to answer God's call on my heart to enter ministry. I always had an excuse, never really a good one, but an excuse nonetheless. It took me hearing God's voice through the words of someone that I loved to finally get on board and let God lead me. And besides, I'm not a very good dancer. Just ask my wife. Slow dances can usually pull that off. Anything else, you don't want to see that. That's why Pastor Michael doesn't dance at weddings. Do you know how long it took me to let go of trying to make every single second of a worship service perfect. Well, if I'm honest, I'm not completely there just yet. But also in being honest, it was probably about three years ago while serving in God's ministry that I finally started to, to ease up on that, to finally start to let go. And I'm so glad that I did it has revealed, or sorry, it has relieved some of my anxiety and the pressure that I put on myself. It has made it easier to love others, even, God forbid, if they make a mistake or do something a little bit different than I had originally planned or envisioned. And it has allowed for some truly amazing things to happen. I have gotten to see up close and personal how the Holy Spirit works in others during worship. Something that I had blinded myself to because I was so worried that every word would be pronounced perfectly. Every bit of timing was just so. All the music was perfect. Everything had to be perfect. 
But again, as Kate pointed out to us, and has been pointing out to us since Ash Wednesday, perfection is impossible. The transformation is not. Our worship, our worship is good enough for God. Even when we make a mistake, mispronounce a word, miss a timing. Our worship is good enough because it is authentic. And it's not just some lip service. Our worship is good enough because we do it with open hearts and loving acts. Our worship is good enough because God's love and grace saves us. I want you to try this week, to the best of your ability, to let go of some of the perceived control that, that you think that you have, and to trust in God and follow where God leads you. It might be a surprise that you never imagined, or it could be to somewhere you already know but maybe have been avoiding for one reason or another. But I invite you to trust God, love God and neighbor, and open yourself to the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 294, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed.
Blessed are you who see things clearly, where struggle is everyone's normal. You walk among the fellowship of the afflicted, a club no one wants to join. And while this life isn't shiny, it does come with superpowers. Superpowers of ever-widening empathy and existential courage that gets you back up after another fall and a deepened awe at the beauty and love that can be found amid life's ruffle. Like flowers that grow from the cracks in the sidewalk, these virtues blossom in you. And thank God for you. Blessed are all of us who struggle, for we are in good company and will never walk alone. Now may the God who loves all of creation, especially when it's painful, and Jesus, our companion along this crooked path called life, and the Holy Spirit who loves to improvise in surprising ways, go with you, dwell among you, and give you joy. Amen.